Hello, this is Evan Schneider, and welcome to Let's Talk About, produced by the Pace Center for Civic Engagement at Princeton University. Let's Talk About is a series of interviews that engages Princeton University faculty and community partners at the intersection of their own work and the COVID-19 pandemic. Let's Talk About Health, Care, and the COVID-19 Crisis. I'll be joined today by Aris Alivisatos. Aries, Princeton University Class of 2021, is a member of the Princeton First Aid Rescue Squad, or PFARS, and student leader with the accompanying Student Volunteers Council Student Service Project. Hi, Aries. How are you? Thank you for joining us. Good. How are you? Good. Good. So um, you're here to represent PFARS, um, but you're a member of the class of uh, 21. So this is this is a really interesting uh, interview, and and I'm I'm excited to see everything you have to say. Thank you. Can you tell us what is PFARS and, and how does it serve uh, Princeton? So PFARS is the Princeton First Aid and Rescue Squad. Um, so we're the ambulance service for the town of Princeton and that actually includes the university. Um, we're an independent nonprofit. Um, so we're not part of the town, um, but we do serve the town. Um, and we're also a combined volunteer and paid agency, meaning that um, we have volunteers such as myself, um, that also serve as officers on the squad, um, but we also have full-time paid members um, and we all work together. Anytime someone calls 911 um, and is having an emergency, we would come in the ambulance or we have a rescue truck where we can um, get someone out of a situation like being stuck in a car if they were in a car accident or something like that. Great, thank you. How did you come about this work? You know, how did you get involved with PFARS and what sustained you, especially right now, what sustained you? Sure. So um, I actually, I started in high school. Um, I started when I was 16 years old. Um, we have a cadet program. So there's a program where um, people that are under 18 from 16 to 18 can actually um, take the EMT class and get all the same training and riding experience on the ambulance, um, taking patients, but under supervision, obviously, um, for um, so they just get all the same training as any of our other volunteers. Um, and then when they become adults, um, they end up transitioning into taking patients by themselves. Um, and so that's what I did. I, I started in high school. I'm from Princeton. Um, and I ended up having the great luck of staying here um, for the next four years after that. So it's been, um, I'm about to hit my five year um, next month, actually, as a a member of PFARS. Um, wow, do they give you an anniversary gift or? On the, uh, we, have <laughs> we have an installation dinner in January. Uh, we, have a, we have a dinner um, installing our new officers every year. And so that's when we get the, the sort of certificates saying, oh, you've been a member for five years. So I am looking forward to that one. Um, but I, um, in terms of what sustains me, I mean, I, I first got into it because I, um, Honestly, I, I had a friend who was a member and um, it was just amazing to see the kinds of things that they could go and do um, and be involved in. And um, honestly, just in general, um, during this time, but also all the time as a member of PFARS, um, really it comes down to seeing someone on their worst day. Um, and in that very specific moment, doing everything you can to make it better, um, which, is really an incredible feeling that is like no other. Um, and so getting that training and being able to, to use it to actively improve someone's situation um, in that moment 
when they're calling because when someone calls 911 it's never a good day for them um and so being able to help out with that and then right now um honestly uh what sustains me is the other members of the organization um i think we're really really fortunate that our volunteers and our paid staff are all just wonderful people uh, and right now um volunteering and continuing to ride has definitely been a great source of comfort for me actually just because it's when i get to be with the people that I really, really enjoy and feel supported by the community, um, the Princeton community at large, but also very specifically the PFARS community. So tell us a little bit about what you're seeing on the ground and then, um, you know, kind of as a, as a follow up to that, sort of what's the most important thing that you feel like people need to know right now um, with the crisis at hand? So we are seeing. A lot of people getting sick. Um, there's a huge change to the way that we are generally, um, and all of sort of the healthcare systems are are generally practicing. Um, so, for example, um, we are extremely cautious. Um, any member or any call that we have, we're going to be wearing um, an N95 mask. Um, then also, we have a plethora of other. Um, protective equipment, PPE, like um, we have gowns, we have um, these masks, we have fluid shields. I mean, we're really um, being very, very cautious. And you can see that in the emergency department, everyone has all this equipment um, to try and keep safe. And then I, what generally the hospital at this point, um, Princeton Hospital, and then also the surrounding areas, um, they are not at the point where they're not accepting people. They're, they've been able to keep up um, which is really, really good. Um, but really, we're just seeing a, an increase in um, the volume of people that are sick and that end up having shortness of breath and needing to go to the hospital. Um, I would say the biggest thing for people to sort of think about is, and, I, and we've seen these, this idea of lowering the curve. Um, it's sort of been everywhere, but honestly, this thing does tax the entire healthcare system, like we've seen in New York, what's happening. And actually, um, it is pretty heartening to see that they had more discharges than um, than people coming in. Um, over yeah, the past, that was great news. Which is really great news. And we've New Jersey has always been um, lagging a little bit behind New York. Um, so the hope is that that will continue and that trend will make its way here. Um, but ultimately, this thing taxes the whole system. Um, it taxes resources, supplies, it taxes um, just generally human resources too. Um, you know, there's a high likelihood, even though we're overly cautious, um, people do get sick who are working in healthcare because they're exposed. Um, and so that's something that is pretty dangerous because eventually when you get not enough staff and not enough equipment, that's when you lead to the disaster of even more people um, suffering than need to. And so honestly, the most important thing is for people to follow the recommendations that the CDC is laying forward, following the recommendations that the state is, the governor, um, and staying home, not you know limiting travel um, and really doing what we're all supposed to be doing right now. Right now, COVID-19 um, is raising concerns about grief and stress and anxiety levels being increased just generally in the population. 
So especially for people like you who are providing vital healthcare services and support, what advice or suggestions do you have um, for people experiencing those, those kinds of impacts? So I, I would definitely say that I'm, I'm not any more qualified than anyone else sort of dealing with, with this situation. Um, sort of we're all, um, everything is turning a little bit upside down um, and we're all finding our own ways to deal with it. I can say that personally, um, my biggest thing is just sort of taking care of myself and finding little things that make me happy that I can do. Um, I'm lucky in that I can ride plenty of ambulance shifts, which um, sort of provides me a lot of comfort. But um, even though it is also the thing that, um, you know, is very different right now, just because of the risks associated with it. Um, but outside of that, um, honestly, just picking that one thing that sort of makes you happy. Like for me, um, I have an elliptical and I go for like runs in the morning um, and I listen to my music and that's what sort of centers me and, and calms me. But I, I really think that's going to take a different form for everybody, but just carving out that time and finding that thing that centers you. Yeah, I'm a very uh, routine oriented person. And I, I struggled quite a lot, actually, at first to adjust to this new normal of working from home, living at home at the same time and um, trying to figure out, you know, how to balance all those things. And one small thing that I found helpful is I, I've begun, and this was from a, from a colleague of mine, I've been going, so going for walks in the morning. Yeah and thinking of it as I'm commuting to work. So allowing that mind shift to happen. So then when I get back from that walk, I'm at work. And then at the end of the day, I go for another walk. <clears throat> yeah. And I commute home. And then when I get back, I'm, I'm, I'm at home again. Right. Um, so that just sort of little mind shift is, is huge. It makes a, a really, really big difference in how I experience time. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it gets crazy just staying in one place. I, I know with, with uh, classes, it's very similar because obviously classes have still gone on. And so um, I, I might have to try that, just getting into the, you know, I'm, oh, I'm walking to class and <laughs> trying that. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really I, I'm shocked how, how uh, helpful it's been, just that little thing. So I want to give you an opportunity to talk about PFARS from the perspective of what needs you all are experiencing. You mentioned that it's a small nonprofit in the Princeton area um, that you rely heavily on donations. And, um, you know, what are you seeing in terms of needs right now um, in, in the midst of this crisis, especially given that you're providing such a vital service? Yeah, so, so there's really two main ones, like you said. Um, we are an independent nonprofit. We're not funded by the town. Um, and we do rely on people's donations. If uh, people want to go to www.pfars.org, um, there's a donate button and you can um, give to support what we're doing. Um, and then our other need is supplies. Right now, um, you know, we've been doing really well um, in terms of our um, just supply of PPE. Um, but things do change um, and there's not an insignificant chance that we're going to really need more um, and it's difficult to order more. 
Um, so really those two main things, um, just generally um, support through donations. But then if people do have, um, we, we've actually had a, some uh, companies donate some masks to us and, and some gloves, um, which I, I, I think they were um, doing sort of research and now they don't need them anymore. And so that was, that was also really, really great. Great, thank you. So I'd like you to do a little bit of an imagining right now and thinking about a, a kind of a post-COVID-19 future world, um, hopefully sooner rather than later, but you know, it's not clear when that's gonna happen, but what do you expect will be different? And you know, what do you hope people will learn from the, the crisis we're currently experiencing? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I really. I really hope that people will honestly learn um, not to panic. I think that um, overall um, there has been a phenomenon of just people um, really following the instructions, but then also panicking and, you know, buying out all the toilet paper and, um, you know, buying out food that um, maybe to an excess. Um, I think that, you know, we all do need to work together to make sure that we can all be okay. Um, I think it's important to take care of yourself and your family, of course, um, but then also keeping the community in mind. And I think that people are, are doing a good job. Like we've, we've seen people that, um, that did panic or happen to have a lot of supplies on hand, then turn around and choose to donate those supplies to hospitals or to organizations like ours. Um, and also just I think that there's been a real um, almost like outpouring of support from a lot of different people that has been really, really heartening. Um, sort of this idea that we do really need to take care of each other right now, um, sort of on an individual basis, but then also like there's a, there's a street in town um, or there's a fence where um, people put up signs um, thanking healthcare workers and, um, you know, the police department and, um, and us. And that was just really, really, really nice to see. And I, I guess this idea of everyone um, realizing the part that they have to play to keep the whole community safe and realizing that we need to take care of each other. Um, I hope that that's, that's what people sort of learn and internalize after, after this is all over so that we keep doing that. So in, in uncertain times like this, it's often helpful to sort of think about instances or things that you're seeing that, that bring you hope. Um, are there things like that that you're seeing? And, and, and if so, what are they? Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of mentioned the, um, really, really those, those signs really made my day. Uh, um, it was like, we love you tea parties. It's really nice. And, and for, for all these different um, organizations in town, that was really, that gave me hope. Um, also, um, honestly, just seeing my, like, the people that I work with um, every day, um, looking at, uh, you know, we have a lot of different people on all sort of levels of this, making sure that we can be ready and we can be here for the community. So um, we have um, one of our officers uh, is sitting in on the briefings every, every day that the governor has and um, giving us an email every single day with um, like exactly what the updates are for New Jersey, 
our protocols change every day or have the potential to change every day as we get new information um, and the new guidelines change. And so um, it really gives me hope how um, sort of organized and prepared that is and how also there's a, there's a little inspirational quote at the end of every email, which, <laughs> which sort of uh, is always fun to see at the, or at the beginning of every day. Um, yeah. And also, um, so seeing the people that I work with, seeing how we're all coming together and, um, still writing shifts, uh, our, our paid staff is still coming into work every day and they're, you know, doing so much for the community, but then also, um, our volunteers, many of our volunteers are just local in town, but also we have a substantial amount of Princeton students like myself that volunteer. And um, we've had more than a few of them actually elect to stay here and uh, ride on the ambulance and fill these essential crew spots on an ambulance um, because there's really a need. Um, and so that's been really, really inspiring to see. Um, this is my hometown, so I was always gonna sort of stay and do that, but to see people who um, could have you know, gone back home to their families, um, decide to stay here and um, continue serving the community has been really an amazing thing to see. Well, and I can say as, as an employee of Princeton, it, I, I was really happy to see that the university allowed, um, you know, those students who aren't local to stay and continue to be committed uh, to PFARS. Absolutely. Well, Ari's, you know, it's, it's inspiring to talk to you. You know, you are an amazing example of Princeton's, you know, motto in the nation's service. And, and maybe there should be something in there about in, in your community's service or something like that too. But um, yeah, maybe make it a, a little, a little less broad, a little. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, 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 um, thank you. I, I really love this. I've, um, and this is, this is something that, I find a lot of personal um, joy in doing, um, and you know, many of my best friends are are members of the squad, and um, you know, it's something that it's something that we all really love to do. So, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Of course, thank you. You've been listening to Let's Talk About, a production of the Pace Center for Civic Engagement. This podcast is intended to be informational only and does not reflect nor represent the views of Princeton University or the Pace Center for Civic Engagement.